0: Voices are
1: sold dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your vices and hear seduction Ear
2: Seduction
3: Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. In this episode, we're going to continue with our fundamentalist Christian theme, but today we are going to interview flat earthers, the folks amongst us that believe that the earth is actually flat. An interesting claim, interesting assertion. I think you'll find the interviews are quite fun. Uh, They're really fun people to talk to, personable, amiable, much nicer than our other Christian that we talked to in the first three episodes of this season. And uh, I try to have a good time with these guys. guys. So uh, I want to bring you first, this is another series. So I want to bring you first uh, the interviews as they happened raw. So I'm going to minimally edit them just for, you know, background noise and stuff like that. They're, this these, this episode isn't going to be nearly as long as the other ones, uh, the first three of the season of season two. And so uh, it's, it's, it's going to be much quicker and easier. Then after this episode, I'm going to publish another episode where I interview you the folks at the Flat Earth conference that I went to, uh, the folks there that were presenters. So these are the guys that not just uh, believe in this stuff, hook, line, and sinker, but also try to sell it out to the public. So these are the real scumbags. And it's in those scumbags that you'll hear exactly where the roots of Flat Earth come from, which is, do not doubt it at all, fundamentalist Christianity. Probably the root of most of the insanity in this country and abroad. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's listen in to the first interview. Thank you.
1: On the back it says, "Chicken Little was right." Socrates eats hemlock. <laughs> so can we, yeah,
3: can we, sure. Can we talk? Sure, cool. cool. Right, are sure. you recording? I am recording now. Okay. Cool. So um, you guys can say your names if you want for the record or not. It doesn't matter. Um, but what are you guys hoping to get here today at the at the Flat Earth Conference?
1: This is the place to meet the people. The uh, The conference is going to be cast live, so watching the lectures, you can get the video replay. Sure. Being face-to-face with the people that, well, most of us don't get to talk every day. Not publicly, yeah. Not publicly, yeah, and not to each other. Sure, uh, sure. We chat with each other.
3: Now, Care- you're a flat-earth researcher, so tell me a little bit about that. What does that entail? Uh,
0: well,
1: yeah.
0: I left Hawaii <laughs> a year ago, July. Okay, sold my home and everything, bought a van, <laughs> and my hope is to go on the road a caravan and spread the research and find a way to make it easier for people to understand. And that's what I learned here at the conference.
3: Just so you're keeping to,
0: getting the, the knowledge down where it's simple for people to understand.
3: So you're hoping to, to gather information from the speakers that you can then transmit to others? Yes. Okay. So you're a writer, yourself. said?
0: Uh, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Just a, just a researcher and to help others find the information.
3: Okay. And are you planning on like publishing a web page or what's your, what's, what's going to be your dissemination strategy?
0: Eventually like oh, they do in work. Um, where are they right now? Because I live in my van, mm-hmm. it will make it a lot simpler for me to travel to different um, meetups. Oh, sure. Okay. And help bring more information to that meetup. And then there's a few other band dwellers out there, mm-hmm. and perhaps we will gather together and be a mobile on the road. Okay. Very And cool. that's how I'll carry the information. So... Because there's, there's YouTubers, and I'm not a YouTuber. Oh, sure. And I don't need to be. No, yeah. Because there's enough of us. And if I'm with a camera all the time, it takes away from the moment. So, sure. so I like to be just slightly behind the scenes, and I think people are more comfortable with slightly behind the scenes than someone
3: with a... Sure. And what are you hoping to get today out of this conference? Like, what what's the big piece of information that you want to decode for the public? Hmm. Are you picking all this up? Yeah.
0: I'm hoping to gather a more simple way to actually get the information out. We'll have a, a meeting that's going on that helps you talk about. to your family and friends. Oh, okay. Who are already running the other direction, like, ah! Sure. And and that's what I hope to bring from... I don't know if it's today or tomorrow the meeting is, but there's a few of those that I've... Because we've, we've got two rooms going. you got to go either Mark Sargent or the woman's talk, you know? Sure,
1: sure. got to go <laughs> Mark Sargent all by himself. It's Dee Marble in the woman's talk. Now, that's a tough choice.
0: I know, it is a tough
1: choice. <laughs> I guess I'll ask you the same thing. Like, what piece of information are you hoping to pull out of this for yourself? There is a discussion <laughs> on a few things that, as we're progressing, we need to talk about. Um, some of them have to do with the details, for example... The difference between a gyroscope and a compass when you take off in Los Angeles and you land in, um, say, London. Mm -hmm. Now, when you land, the tarmac is going to be flat. The gyroscope is going to be level. But your north should have changed orientation because it's... North is the center of the disk. Now, this is a conversation that needs to happen amongst the group. It hasn't happened very much. Another thing, for example, so is... Just to, yeah.
3: just to follow up on that. So you're looking to like decode how, essentially, the compass should
1: look based on the, the, oh, the flat-earth model, right? the, all, the disk model. There's all kinds of things about the disk model that mm-hmm. there are some hard-to-find anomalies, and that conversation needs to begin. Right, okay. The reason why we have it is we have so many blind monks looking at the elephant, we can figure out what the elephant is like when we all collaborate. Right. Without that, no one's going to miss, no one's going to see the anomalies. There are um, a handful of things, like, for example, a sundial noon is at the same place every single day of the year no matter what season is sunrise changes, sunset every day changes but shouldn't like six months later noon be at midnight three months later, noon should be at six in the evening Okay. that kind of stuff takes a conversation Mm -hmm. things like um, it's not really a common thing but an easy one is your puppies are going to lie on the, the, the sunlight on the floor But you'll notice sunlight never hits the ceiling. You can go to the tallest hotel in Dubai Mm -hmm. at sunset. The sun will not get on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. These little details are not common conversations, but there's further conversations about, all right, now that we've met each other and we're beginning to organize, what are we going to do I'm not into the bitterness over we've been deceived because deception is your interpretation. Okay. So I don't want payback, but I want liberation. Mm -hmm. I would like to free up all these wasted resources of our time. Money is all a translation of time. So we all have all the time in the world. Collectively there's infinite amount of time, right? Or limitless. So there should be limitless wealth as long as we apply ourselves. But if we're applying ourselves to a mistake... Mistake being <sighs> like... Oh yeah, Okay. Um, I'm Angel Shackleton. My triple great grand uncle was Ernest Shackleton, an Arctic Explorer. His plan was to cross transcontinental from one coast of the Antarctic continent through to the South Pole to the other side. Oh, he wanted to march... Later? Mm-hmm. and he tried his ship sank uh, and they really had no choice but to go somewhere else so they sledged their way across the ice until they realized they got as far as they capably can without needing to turn back safely and they turned back had they kept going, they would have froze to death. Mm-hmm. Because you can't cross the continent. Okay. And they would not have discovered that until they had already committed themselves to freezing. What, what stops you from crossing the continent? or what, Why can't you cross it? Because it goes into the unknown infinite, so to speak. I, I'm saying infinite as a metaphor. The way that the model is working... If you go to the edge of the room, say the conference room, uh, say right by where the coffee is, okay, that's opposite where the stage is, you are the furthest away from the stage. You cannot get to the stage from the coffee side. That's the configuration of Antarctica. It hugs the outside of the room. Okay. The room that we're in has a puddle of water and then a cluster of continents in the middle with the North Pole dead center.
3: There it
1: is? Okay. I'll show you what I have in mind although it doesn't great for audio. Oh,
3: that's okay. So, oh. I love it.
1: Oh, okay. This is the rim. Okay. So and you he little, kept going you this a, way. Just for the audio, you have a little tile here that
3: shows it's a flat tile that shows the Earth on it, and yes. it's it's a flat Earth. It shows all the continents all together. With I don't know what this exterior thing is here,
1: but this exterior represents. There's like Antarctica. a ring around the edge. A lot of people like to call it at the ice wall. Oh, okay. So I, this is the ice wall. This is the ice wall. Okay. Okay. Another way to look at it is all this is just a Puddle in a pond. Right. This is a snow-lined room. Okay. Yep. I, I've seen this model before. I've actually seen one with like a little sun and a moon and mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay. This is the creator of those models, right. Chris Pontius. So like, right, yes. That's LightEarthModels.com. That's
3: right.
2: So something that sort of occurs to me about it is to sort of circumnavigate the North Pole, it seems would be a relatively short distance
1: versus circumnavigating the... This is a very interesting thing Earth. because the, the fastest around the world by boat and the fastest around Antarctica, you compare them. They're practically three times the the, the amount of days it takes. Now, when you're going around the world, you are not going in a straight line. You are going through the Panama Canal. You're going through the Suez Canal. you got some of this up and down thing relative to the equator north and south. Mm -hmm. But when you are circumnavigating the Antarctica, you are taking three times as long. Why does it take three times as long to go a circuitous roundabout path around the the equator. That's really simple because there's more space here, more distance.
3: What was the thing... Or the piece of information that you discovered that really solidified this in your mind—that this was this was an alternative to what we what we've learned, like in
1: in school or whatever. Like everything that you hear from people, you can sort of digest it in terms of categories. Do they know it directly, or do they take someone else's word for it? Right. And a lot of scientific research is built upon other people's research, so they are literally taking someone else's word for it for their advanced work. Okay. Which makes particle science really challenging because you're counting on someone else to be right and most often they're wrong. Okay.
3: So you would say that we can't trust the whatever the scientific well, consensus is and if if they got it wrong, peer
1: review compounds the problem. It. Right. And it's actually a huge thing right now because peer review is mostly made up of scientists who are looking. They will only review it if their name is mentioned in the in the process. So why review it if it's not my work? I'm going back to my work. That's what I'm getting paid for. That is a serious problem today. We have things like uh, aspartame that ran through the FDA even though it's highly toxic. Okay, that's not science. Science community is no longer reliable to be Interest in us but that's not that's not the issue for me the issue is like how can you figure out something that you cannot rely on someone else something that you I figure I'm clever enough there's gotta be something and sundials was it for me Boy Scout handbook so, tells you so how to make a sundial yeah okay noon every day that's how you correct your sundial you, you measure roughly where noon is the next day you check it again you can correct it mm-hmm. that way now, seriously, so that correction was the was like a definitive piece for you to show that it was that the Earth is flat. Is it, that right? This shows the, the Earth is stationary. Okay, that's the interesting thing. How do you tell the difference whether you're moving or the car next to you is moving? Right. Well, it's because you stepped on the gas. But what if you're the passenger?
0: Uh,
1: okay. That kind of thing. How do you tell that difference? Well, there are some subtleties, and they're odd. Um, so the earth is stationary and the sun moves around the earth the moves around the earth in a heel very similar okay and there's some oddities and this is what the discussion I would like to have with people is that there are some things that when you look up at the sun there is a very real possibility that what you see and what you see are t- different. Sure. That my position gives me a separate instance. That's an odd word because how do you pluralize it? I gotcha. Uh, it has a separate instance. Same with the moon. And yet the heat signature of the sun is not instanced, but the optical version of the sun is. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So
3: what about like? So what about like the other planets? Do the other planets also orbit the Earth
1: or? The other. This is a fun one. Okay. If yeah. the sun is going around. Yeah. Clockwise, oddly. <laughs> okay. The planets are going around the sun while the sun is going around. Okay, so the
3: other planets go around the sun. Yeah. And the sun goes around the Earth. Yes. Have you heard of Tycho Brahe? No. He is a physicist mathematician from... God, I'm trying to recall the date, but I want to say it's like late 1700s, early 1800s. And he he proposed that model, and it was earlier than that, I'm, I'm now remembering, but he proposed that model, that the Earth was the center. He didn't say it was flat, but he did say that the Earth was the center, that the Sun and the Moon orbited the Earth and everything
1: else orbited the Sun. That is an interesting point, is that necessarily because of we observe motion of Sun and Moon, yeah. either they're moving or we're moving. Right. One of the two. Right. Potentially you could have both, but then you have something uh, compound angular momentum. When you're cruising an airplane, you can play uh, catch with someone across the seats unless they bank left. You can feel that. That's very definite. Mm -hmm. So the compound motion of rotating on the axis, plus orbiting around around the sun, plus that whole cluster of our planets moving through, that's compound. And there would definitely be compounded torque. Matter of fact, you could power a flywheel off of that, free energy. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. The motion is above us. Okay. We're stationary. And otherwise we could power things off of that motion or airplanes would crash every time they land because the tarmac is moving. Okay. They'd tumble and roll. Mm-hmm. And it'd be even more challenging depending on which way the tarmac is pointing. I don't know. The orientation according to the cardinal directions would mess with it. You know, airplanes move faster than bullets. So when I hear people, well, snipers make correction for Corleus effect, it's like, pilots don't. Snipers wouldn't have to, and I've talked with them.
3: Yeah, cool.
1: You've talked to snipers? Yeah. Well, there's a difference between a sniper and a... Um, Professional marksman? Sure, yeah. Because a professional marksman gets the same environment to work with. Sniper could be anywhere, could be in the middle of the rain, but, could but be you've spoken to a marksman. I, there no, I've talked sniper. to snipers. Oh, okay. Snipers don't have the luxury of doing all the things that professional marksmans do. They do not have the time. They have one shot to make. And the conditions, if they're fortunate enough, may be favorable. Mm-hmm. They do not spend the time looking for the Coriolis effect. They don't make those kind of calculations. Interesting. Windage distance.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, do you have anything else or did you have anything else? That was great by the way. Yeah.
1: It was great. Yeah, thank you.
3: We're gonna just talk around and see. I'm actually gonna go inside. Yeah, it's I chilly.
1: recommend it. And it's chilly. chilly. It's you're gonna have a, find yourself where the migration to get us a, a quiet place because you're gonna be getting
3: yeah, there's a lot clusters, of that noise, but that's okay. It was great to meet you, Angel. Thanks. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay, so those are the first two people that we met at the Flat Earth convention and oh uh, god I can't listen to it without laughing it just makes me laugh every time when I the guy named Angel he's just so funny and smarmy and like has that way of speaking where he sort of draws you in with the with the the tone of his voice and how he the inflection as if he's saying something interesting and then the thing out of his mouth is you know ice wool. <laughs> I, I just can't how he doesn't answer any questions you know his blah blah the third tried to cross Antarctica. Anyway, those are the first two folks we met. Something interesting about each of them, though, that I wanted to say before moving on to the next interview is uh, it, how interesting it is for uh, the the nice lady that we spoke to. So here's a poor person. Here's a poor lady who sold everything she owns, moved into a van, and is now essentially. Just trying to get enough information from this convention so that she can talk to her children again, so that she can talk to her, you know, whatever, her mother, her sister. Because since taking on board Flat Earth, they have basically disowned her. Um which is unfortunate and sad, but kind of to be expected. And I suspect knowing what I know of people that get indoctrinated indoctrinated into cults like this, and I've had my own personal experience with this, um, probably more her fault than theirs. If If you're trying to explain flat earth and why I should believe it, and you fail miserably, and you cause all kinds of problems in the family because of your belief system, that's your fault. Uh, It is unfortunate, though, Um, and very sad to think that she's probably still in a van somewhere, or maybe worse, and still doesn't know the shape of the planet. Angel, the comedian of the group... (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know if you caught just how ironic it is, what he was saying, that he wants to stop wasting time with sphere earth nonsense and get down to the nitty gritty of what this flat earth really is about. Uh, that's That was just so ironic to me that I couldn't help but laugh out loud just listening to it here. Um, that poor fella has a long way to go, because I don't know if you've noticed uh, so far, but you'll, you'll find this as a theme, there's a lot of confusion amongst the flat earth people. There's a lot of, we don't know what that is, or we don't know what that means. And if you relate this these conversations to the one I had with Nathan Spears in episodes one, two, and three, you get to see sort of how these two groups are the same. Fundamentalist Christianity is a is just shrouded in ignorance and pretty much everything they speak on demonstrates this now the next interview takes place uh with a group of people that we met once we went inside so you heard at the very end of this interview we were getting cold and we went inside so let's listen in to the folks that we met in there <laughs>
4: Um, do you want to ask me? Yes. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> My name is Melinda Ash, and I'm from. Well, let's put it this way, near Austin, Texas. Oh,
2: okay, I'm actually from Austin. Oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. oh, cool! My family grew up in Lockhart, so oh.
3: just mm-hmm. I'm Austin.
4: very close to you. We yeah. swim at Lockhart Pool. The, okay, that swimming pool there during yeah. the summer. Yep. So.
3: Trying to get a little closer to your oh. So, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm just noticing the background is picking up quite a bit. Gotcha.
2: All right, so you're, you're coming here from Austin, and what's, what's brought you here today?
4: Uh, flat Earth. Okay. Um, I'm a truck driver, so I do a lot of YouTube, and this summer I happened to come across y'all, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> and the more I listened, and the more I saw how much investigation y'all had done, I became more convinced that, oh my, what a big lie. <laughs> oh, interesting! All
2: right, yeah, so, so. We're, yeah, we're we're from uh, we're local um, with uh, sort of another group, but we're just sort of interested in the topic and, okay. uh, and you know the, the sort of movement. So yeah. you're relatively new to it, it sounds
4: like. Very new. My husband is not a flat earther, but he's interested. He's a respectful kind of man. He's willing to hear. So he came with me. Um, he should be joining me soon, but um,
3: okay. yeah. I'll just get You your you. Saw a specific person on YouTube? Uh, we who saw several
4: name, people. Several people. Um it would be Rob Skiba. He'd probably be the number one, Mark Sargent, whoever Rob Skiba's cronies are.
3: Oh, okay. I thought I heard you say a name. I am not yeah. I'm hearing but yeah.
4: Yeah, um Dee Murphy, Daryl Marble, oh my goodness, all those guys.
2: What was it that was maybe the most compelling for you that that really made you start to question your previous Um, worldview?
4: The fact that it's so new about the globe, it's only like 500 that people started accepting it without proof. 500 years, 500 ago, years 500, ago? Yeah. 500 years ago.
3: Oh, okay. Then people started uh, A- accepting
4: it without proof, just because that's what the so called smarter, <laughs> more educated folks told them. There was never proof. Um, plus, biblically, it can't be refuted. And in all the other cultures, they sort of had the same flat earth idea. And, um, so wow <laughs> I'm like you never proved it and it seems to me that they've been proving the opposite of a globe especially when it came to flat water and uh, water doesn't cling to a sphere so.
2: so so what do you think it is that compels people to believe that the earth is round th- that, that the we're earth on a globe round,
4: yeah. that um, we've been taught it I never questioned it um I believe people walked on the moon at one point, and I was kind of amazed at some of my family members who didn't believe it. I was like, (laughs) how could you not? And then, um, why would you believe in a flat earth, you know, since high school? I was like amazed that people ever thought it was flat. (laughs) Now that I'm 52, um, I'm like, oh my goodness. So even at 52, I can learn some new things. And um, I have uh, young family members at home that think I'm out of my mind. (laughs) So hopefully, even though I'm old, I can find out a little more and share it with the young folks at my household around the table and at least get them to think and question, because they don't question. They just want to make those good grades in school. And I'm like, you know, could be they're not telling you the truth. (laughs) So hopefully I have questioning youth in my home, even though I'm older. Yeah. So okay. anyhow.
3: Yeah, um, I was going to say, so do you have children of your own or are these?
4: I do. I have three daughters. I have a
3: grandson who's
4: 10, actually 11.
3: So. And you'd like to have them come to a conference like this and, and learn more about?
4: I definitely want them to question things. And they're not at that same place right now but just the fact that maybe I'm just one person in the family who questions it and and they respect me, I mean, I don't respect others, but okay, mom's nuts, grandma's nuts, but (laughs) maybe after time, like I thought, people were, you know, in their right mind maybe they'll start questioning and things could switch (laughs) maybe they would think differently why did grandma think like that? (laughs) So, in so I
3: think he touched on this before, but you were talking about like the, the biggest piece of evidence that you found that convinced you when that he, the earth was flat. Yeah, when you he, elaborate on that?
4: When Dean Marble did his um, flat water test over there on the uh, West Coast, That was convincing. And when Rob Skiba, with his um, Chicago skyline across the Lake Michigan, that was pretty convincing. Especially since it should have dropped and been out of view. And they could actually see it. Uh, That, to me, was convincing. So either their math is off and... which by would it be off <laughs> if they can actually measure it the way they said they could. So the math, the math doesn't lie. The math speaks the truth.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we were talking to a gentleman outside who was saying that, um, he had like a tile in his pocket and it, it, it had the, the flat earth model with the ice wall and, and the continents on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about how the Earth is stationary and everything else or orbits the Earth, or at least the sun and the moon orbit the Earth, and then everything, all the other planets orbit the sun. Is that the same view that you have? Or what's your view I of could, our yeah. solar system?
4: Um, solar system right there just sets it as a solar system. So. Oh,
3: sorry, yeah, I just yeah. used that just because that's... <laughs> it, yeah.
4: That's what we grew up tell, with. Tell that's what, what you, we've been told.
3: what you would call it or whatever. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, I believe the earth is stationary, not as we're moving around the sun, but the sun is actually, like Daryl Marble showed when he went to Alaska, that it's, you know, it never disappeared. It was always there. It's kind of proof right there.
3: Um, So the fact that the sun doesn't set in Alaska uh, six months out of the year, that was... It kind of... It makes you think.
4: Okay. It's supposed to disappear, so they say. And then he goes up there and shows that it didn't. And I know it's YouTube. And, um, you know, if they've been lying to us through video, through NASA, maybe they could do that on... YouTube but if you can actually go there, which you can and see it for yourself, well, then that's convincing.
3: <laughs> how else is the solar system I'll put that in air quotes? How how else is that uh, configured? Like is is everything are all the other planets flat or are we are we the only planet that's flat?
4: I don't know. I can't answer those questions because I don't know. Okay. Um, like when, say, no, I wouldn't say one way or. I don't know.
3: I just, it I just don't perfectly know. Perfectly answer.
4: Yeah. So, but okay. yeah, there's our. There are questions there.
3: Now, if you could tell, if you could tell somebody that doesn't hold your worldview, any one thing, what would it be?
4: Um, keep questioning. Ask for proof. Um, don't just settle for what you've been told because they have. Um, doctorates because they only know what they know because of what somebody told them and um, like those folks that go out there and do the investigations for themselves wow that's amazing I don't have time to do that but I'm amazed by those who do have the time to do it who are free from having to work and pay the bills (laughs) they can go out there and prove it thank you (laughs) to all of those who do that and um, I, I appreciate their work. I like to know the truth. If the earth was round and going around the sun I, li- I really want to know that to be the truth. And if it's not the truth then why? Why is it not the truth? <laughs> so, why is it not the truth? Um, How would you answer that question? I'm, a f- I'm afraid of the answer to that because I think it goes pretty deep and I don't think we should settle for a lie just because it's convenient and we can be on our merry way. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that the truth is important. You're welcome. All right. I am not thought, please. Oh okay. I think the truth is always important. I do. My husband was like, What does it matter? And I go, Because it just matters to me. The truth matters.
3: You're a seeker. Yeah. Yeah, that's important.
4: So he's here with me. He's uh, really looking forward to the debate between Skiba and Sunjanis tonight, because he's a very Catholic person. I am very not. (laughs) But that's okay. We can differ and respect each other and That's the way our marriage works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you.
3: Sorry for the call. You did great. It was wonderful. Thank you. You guys
4: are cool. Thanks.
3: (laughs) So that was Melinda. And uh, oh, that, that takes me back to actually that interview itself. I was there with Chauncey. He was the other interviewer and he was assisting in the microphone and everything. And I do apologize for the audio quality there. There was just a lot of background noise. I think you can hear everything pretty well, but I'll do my best to clean it up. But Melinda gave a lot of insight into what it might be like to be a flat earth person. Um, You know, not getting along with your family. If, if I remember correctly, she was the lady that we spoke to outside. Side also. Uh, and then when we went inside, she was in there. So we had a more, you know, a uh, little bit more time with her. Um, but you can hear the desperation in her laugh. Um, as somebody who interviewed her I remember seeing a lot of just sort of meek meager body language she clearly wasn't very confident in her position uh, she was very unfortunate in that uh, clear she mentioned at the very end that she's steeped in in religion her husband is very Catholic and she's very not but she also is very fundamentalist Christian so she's not too far off and uh, just imagining what it must be like to not have have any of the answers to any of the very basic, simple questions that we were asking her. Um, And then sort of the pathetic irony, how right she sort of is in a way. She said things like trust the math. She said things like question, you know, don't just take what you're given, Um, you know, get out there and figure it out for yourself it's interviews like this the irony of that 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 you can do that in her in in her case her specific case that you can go out and seek these answers for yourself and get so wrong and be so wrong um It's interviews like that that inspired me to do a series that I'm going to do later on, um, basically based on how to think. Because as it turns out, many people, no matter how hard they try, they're just not good at thinking. And we say things like, you know, question authority, think for yourself, you should be a free thinker, you should go out and do the tests yourself, be a little scientist if you can, and so on. And, And that's a good, that's pretty good advice. That's pretty good advice. But what if you're, what if you're not a thinker? What if you're brain just doesn't work as hers and all the other folks we talked to here clearly don't. Then what? Well, perhaps it's better if you're you're shown how to think, taught how to think first, and then utilize what you learned, those tools, to then go on thinking about other topics. And that's what my How to Think series is going to entail. It's going to be called Get Smart Quick. I think we'll end the episode there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next episode is going to be a more in-depth interview with one of the presenters at the Flat Earth Conference. His name is Matthew. And as you can imagine, he is a insane fundamentalist Christian creationist. And the reason I decided to pull Matthew out of the crowd and interview him separately, or at least present him separately here on the podcast, is because he's actually very much like our fir- our first fundamentalist. Christian, Nathan Spears. And I want to try to draw the correlation, or maybe not the correlation, but I want to try to draw the connection between the two of them. They have very similar language, very similar outlook. They are, in fact, both fundamentalist creationist Christians. So it makes sense that they would be. However, Nathan does not believe that the earth is flat. I did ask him that specifically in our interviews, in our three interviews, um, because I had to make sure, because as Matthew points out, the Bible is a flat, earth book. It thinks the earth is flat. The people that wrote it, the people that are in it, the characters therein, think the earth is flat. So it's very important that you, the listener, understand that just because Nathan isn't a flat earther doesn't mean he's not out of his mind with Christianity. And this person, Matthew, the flat earther, is also out of his mind with Christianity, but only slightly more out of his mind than Nathan. I mean, it really kind of depends on how you look at it. But both of these men, have definitely poisoned their mind with Christianity. And that poison is very similar in its potency. And so I think it will be very beneficial for us to go over the content together and recognize the relationships between the two. Thank you again for listening to Ear Seduction. Please tune in again. Ah.